Welcome to the only new podcast, Results Show. I'm Mick McGraw. And Gibbo. Gib. Mick. Right, so last week was a washout on our, on our part. Yeah, we just couldn't get there, could we? Now, to be honest, after Monday I was done. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday I was busy. Too hard sometimes, eh? Yeah, but because people have took the effort yeah. to send us the reports. We're back. Yeah, we've got nine reports from last week. Yeah, so we'll just read the reports out we'll and then. Start with them, yeah. I'll start with the Bootle, St Edmunds. Okay. This afternoon's fixture saw the lads win 3 1 versus a highly experienced Newton side, and that's all the record will show, thankfully. A sloppy yet hard fought first half, not helped by the conditions, saw us behind at half time 1 0 after the Stonewall penalty for our opponents, coolly finished by the excellent Liam Smith, beefy. The excellent, yeah. little, little, give, us, give us some tickets there, beefy yeah. lad. The real story though was. That Newton were reduced to nine men for two straight reds, card mm. challenges plus a simbin just before half time. Eight men. Yet we were we're still two registered shots on goal. The only way was up in terms of performance, and whilst the second half was vintage by any stretch, some improved possession and smarter positioning eventually saw the goals come for us. Stewie Jackson pounced on a goalkeeper split to equalise his seventh of the campaign. Not long after another quality mark man finished, put us in front after bright way from Lewis O'Reilly and then John Howard sealed victory with a smart header from a quality Mike Davis cross final score 3-1 credit to Newton who will be understandably be thinking what if this evening keep winning though don't you I'll go Why? straight into Mersey Royals Mersey Royal 3 Ainty Villa 2 lads started brightly but again similar to last week we were guilty of missing some excellent chances against the run of play we found ourselves 1-0 down after 20 minutes when we failed to deal with a locked diag ball into the box. Huffed and puffed for the next 20 minutes but just didn't show enough quality when in possession. Finally with the first half drawing to a close, Liam Driscoll equalised in the 40th minute from a yard out with his tit, I think. <laughs> hey, keep sinking them tits are getting bigger. After a few harsh words at our time the lads came out on the front foot but again struggled to break Ainsley down who were defending deep with numbers. On the 75th minute, finally the breakthrough when Driscoll was barred over in the box and Kieran Cartwright obliged in the spot. Got some gold, Kieran. Some pens, through it. Right, eh? When we had chances to kill the game, which we didn't take, then a long clearance from Ainsley on the, in the 92nd minute resulted in the referee awarding Ainsley a dubious spot kick. Two all and another frustrating result on the cards. To be fair to the lads, they never gave the game up. Then with seconds remaining, Ben Graham whipped in a cracking ball and Kieran Cartwright planted a header into the Ainsley net. 3-2 the Royal. Credit to Ainsley, they worked the socks off, especially the two lads up top who gave our def- defence problems all game. But fight will win for us, especially on the back of last week's results. It also shows at this time of the season that you don't take any result for granted, whatever your league positions are. 92nd minute equaliser, fair play to them. That'll be that in Van Gelder. Yeah, we haven't got them, but you'd guess. Yeah, I'm going for Van Gelder. Right, I have... Okay, Hellsby 4, Vicks nil. After two wins on a bounce, we travelled to a very good Hellsby side with probably our youngest squad of the season. Due to more injuries, Hellsby started well and played to their strengths, which was playing balls into the channels for an impressive Lee Turkington to run on to, which is how they scored their first and second goals, which came in the 9th and 17th minutes. We then had two glorious chances. First was Walker cutting in from the left and just putting the ball wide. Then Gunnery overlapping Haddock to put a quality ball into the box, which Bull couldn't get on the end of. Then the sucker punch right on half time as Hellsby scored their third from a ball over the top, which turned and finished 3 0 half time. That had to, that. Young side there, by the looks of it, from the names. Second half kicked off and the credit to our young lads who started to settle and played the ball about. Hellsby were always the danger on the counter, especially with their runners from deep. We had a couple of half chances before Hellsby got their fourth, which is how it finished. Loads of positives from the game with nine lads starting under the age of 21, who would have learned loads from the game and once they get their confidence will 100% be a great side. Good luck to Hellsby and their running. Great to see their new facility and one of the West Cheshire older clubs making a strong comeback. Fair play. Does look good there, like. I need to get up there. Got a balcony looking over the pitch on the side. Really, so, decent, yeah. yeah. And the fix lads, no injuries and all that. 
it's hard struggling with, to finish to see the season out they've got to stay together and finish it yeah they've got to they've got to because you've got you know they, you don't want to be fucked off and not get the chance of playing that pitch next season like Pilton Royal Pilton Royal 1 Sutton Athletic 2 after being well beaten by Sutton last week in the cup we knew we had to improve to stand a chance against a quality outfit and it was much more competitive game this time around at Harrison Park we started well on the front foot although the first chance fell to Sutton and it took a brave save from Luke Brady with his face to keep them out. After that we felt after what what we felt was a dubious penalty award for a supposed and deliberate handball, we were relieved to see the Sutton penalty put wider the target. There was then a flashpoint in the game of sparks from handbags with the ref sending off one from each side. Sutton then took the lead immediately from the restart when they reacted quickest to the second ball in the box from a set piece. Our reaction though was brilliant and we didn't let our heads drop. We rolled our sleeves up and fought back with Ryan Slater soon equalising with a direct free kick around the wall. Second half and with a strong wind coming across the pitch the battle continued. As the game, game drew towards a close we had a few opportunities to try and win it with set pieces put into the box but it didn't fall for us and Sutton defended them well. We then lost it right at the death with a long range free kick going straight in with the wind behind it possibly catching our keeper out. Our young sides will take a lot of positive though from this performance against a side that is running away with the Division 3 title, leaving the rest of us to play for second place, which we believe is definitely within our reach if we can quickly bounce back. Two and a half four, eh? Yeah. Are you going Kelmer? I'm going Kelmer, yeah, I really don't know. Run Corn Sports 1, Kelmer 7. The third away game on the bounce since Christmas was a truly remarkable performance from Kelman despite the weather conditions. Kelman didn't let it affect them and with a strong first half of leading 5-1, Ben came and scored his first goal from returning after nine months on the sideline. Andy Noonan bagged four himself and an assist in 45 minutes, with a little bit of help of Josh Griffiths and Zach Prescott. The host scored with 10 minutes remaining in the first half from a Paul Cleans from a corner. Jamie Bolton rolled the ball into an empty net from another Andy Newman assist, Sean Burgess added to the scoreline to make it 7-1. A bit of well-struck free kick was too hot to handle for their goalkeeper, giving Kelman a huge three points. Flying them? Maybe they are, yeah. I've got the hoots, which was the game Bernie done. Yeah. Up with Vauxhalls. One point instead of three for us on Saturday against the top wagon and horses side. We played really well first half and went into the break leading 2-1 through goals from Joe Wally and a penalty from Richie Freightman. After the break we started well and went 3-1 up through Richie. It offside that by the way. Isn't it? Is offside. Yeah. It should and could have been over on numerous occasions, but then we gave away a daft goal, arguing with the ref about a decision and switching off, which led to a goal from the resulting corner. The game was end to end exactly what we didn't want while leading. Some stupid rushes of blood with the lads pushing forward needlessly, exposing us and wagon equalised from a counter attack and a corner. The game was unbelievable last 10 minutes with big chances for both sides and some unreal goalkeeping from their keeper. Some great defensive work also. A point of peace in the end and one that feels like a defeat. We played well in the main but need to learn and to shut the door in games when we are leading. It was even more frustrating for us. We've been really good at killing games this season. In hindsight, with Blake and losing, it's not the worst result in the world for either team. It was a brilliant game, one I'm sure Bernard enjoyed. Shout out to Wagner who come and had a right go and with a decent set of lads. Huge one next week again for us, a way to Kelmer. And he adds, man of the match, Gibbo McGrath for the post-match performance in the hoots. <laughs> Heavy lad. I watched the last 10 minutes of that. Yeah. You were, it was all watching news, weren't I? It was half time. And I went, and it was literally, honestly, end to end. And when the ref blows up, oh, Crossy on the volley, he's got a great chance. But they're the Saturday ones we have. Yeah, I've got, got one Sunday. Yeah. Um, off the Woody. Good to go up the Cheshire Cup in the game, which was spoiled for both teams by horrendous windy conditions with a, hardly any football being played. If I'm being honest, I think the game should be called off without me. And it's that bad? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's fair on both teams really, is it? Even, obviously, even if you win, it's still shit, isn't it? When you yeah, they, well, they should be played, okay. No, they shouldn't be played. That's a butter <laughs> horrendous shot. <laughs> Doc took their chances, credit where it's due. 
and we didn't create a great deal ourselves. Two goals from Adelaide put the dock in control with 15 to go despite a late header from Shibby Jackson. We didn't have much time left and the game finished 2-1 defeat. We dust ourselves and look forward to meeting them in the World Cup final, if not before in the other competitions. Best of luck for the remainder of the season to the dock, who all came back to the pub too, which is what it's all about. Fair play for that. Bernie done that game. I think the keeper's got a lot to answer for for both goals. I don't think I don't think it's the first one. It's opinions, isn't it? We've got one off Timu as well, last one from last week. AFC Timu 3, AFC Rangers 2. After most of the players on the Rangers side saying the pitch was playable, their attitude soon changed once they knew they only had 10 players and cried all game about the pitch. Total mindset changed when the lads knew we were playing against 10 and it proved to be difficult in the first as we battled the wind. We enjoyed most of the ball for the first 20 minutes as Rangers stay compact and hard to break down, but soon after we struck first as Mike finished from the spot after a lazy challenge. Rangers scored, fired an assist from the wind when a corner found itself going over the keeper and into the back of the net to make it one all. Soon after a long cross was met by a Rangers player on the edge of the box and headed into the far post. Every attack we had during the first half was greeted with an offside shout and the ref fallen for it when most of the time lads were on side by a mile. Five minutes before the half, Rangers keeper decided he would waste time in picking the ball up and got it nicked. Nicked off him by Patch, who found Mike standing on the six-yard box with a tapping, two all at half time. Second half was one-way traffic with our keeper barely touching the ball. Fair play to Rangers shot stopper as he kept his team in the game with five or six brilliant saves in the second half. Pressure took its toll and he got the winner in the 75th minute as Mike got on to a free ball and claimed his third. Good luck to Rangers for the season. Now to the bottom AFC team and under-14s are looking for players. Playing Saturday, any ability is welcome. If anyone is interested, message to Facebook. And there, last week's, week's report done. So, we go to this week's. Don't know where we're at with your lot and Lairds, but no Lairds went the Island Man Saturday, didn't he? 2 0 Five hour delay. Yeah, done well, Lairds, a great point. By the way, speaking like. I won't name names because it's people's personal, but lads couldn't go if they were double jabbed. Then they changed the rule Friday. Bet you could with a PCR test. But you'd have to have a PCR test 48 hours before. How unfortunate and unlucky is that? Shit. So a good few lads missed out, didn't they? Well, but it's a great point. First team to shut them out. Yeah. Fair play to them. We got hammered. 4 0. 4 0. I didn't even go, it was too cold. Obviously, we changed the team ma- massively. We made seven changes. Ready for Tramway on Wednesday night. Oh, I knew there was a reason we done this early Monday. Get the advertisements out. No, we, yeah, well, obviously, we're not going to be playing at Tramway's first team, you know what I mean? But we will be playing. Some of them will play. Tramway away? Yeah. Brenton Park. 7.45 kickoff. We, I would like to see. A lot of local father in is it and a pound yeah, for kids. Pound for kids, yeah. A lot of local uh, football fanatics come and watch. I'm taking a bus load of kids from the BB. Brilliant. Do you know what? It'd be a good occasion, especially you know. It, it doesn't matter what you know. For the players, you're still playing a Brenton Park. It doesn't matter. That's brilliant. I yeah. play. I think I played one competitive game. I got. That, I think it was the last World Cup final there. I think it's just brilliant. It's and obviously, the good thing about it now is. They've improved the pitch, haven't they? Yeah, so it's shit that that's been taken away from local football, by the way. Remember all the World Cup fans yeah, who used to be there back in the day? It was, yeah. Maybe that's something that needs to be addressed in, in the future, yeah. maybe, you know. Say to the community clubs, so I'm here, so. Well, I do hope, obviously, I know they've got a big game on Tuesday away at Harleyville, but I do hope they actually announce that they're going to be playing us, like, just yeah. to get a few fans in. Do you know what I mean? But it's a big occasion for the club, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a money earn as well for, for us because we get half the gate. So if you're not doing that on Wednesday, put yeah, your coat on and get to Tramia. What time's kick off? Quarter to eight. Cheshire Cup quarter final. Cheshire Senior right. Cup. Yeah. If you want to give me shit as well, you're more than welcome. Oh yeah, cool. Bring your kids, teach them to sing. <laughs> Fat baldy bastard. Yeah, anything you want. <laughs> Used to it. Okay. The Prem Division. Few few man results here. It's all changed again the top of the Queen's Race Sports Division. High about Kelmer, all the new leaders. Right, we've got a double header here. Double header, so I'll go first, eh? 
with the hoots. I like the double headers because you get the both versions, don't you? Well, that's huge game for us, Saturday versus Kelmer. And the same story as the week before versus the wagon, but with the with a worse outcome, picking up one point from six when we created enough chances to comfortably comfortably win four games across the two games is a sickener and something we need to learn from in terms of finishing and keeping clean sheets. We dominated the first half and should have been three or four up. We lead one nil thanks to a worldie from Crossy. They equalised right on half time after some lacklustre defender was punished with a great finish by their striker, completely against the run of play one all half time. We didn't get going at all in the second half. Their plan of stopping us playing and stopping any rhythm with fouls etc was working as we got frustrated on numerous occasions and rushed things with lack of quality and composure. We again dominated the ball and played some decent stuff but the final ball and finishes were not there. As the game went on we started to push forward and created a couple of half chances. We had a couple of ourselves in the last tent with neither keeper really threatening besides Nathan coming off his line quickly to make a great stop stroke interception. Then came the sucker punch in the 95th minute. A cross was deflective and stopped any clearance being possible from our defenders. Their winger came in at the back post and slotted it. Cue mass celebrations, deserved ones, as although they weren't the better team, they wanted it more today. A massive loss, but there is still some way to go. We ride up there and have a huge semi-final against Astro Reserves, along with apparently three other cups to fight for if the league ever announces them. Okay, this is obviously Calmer's take on it. Yeah. Late drama leaves as Calmer take the three points at the death. The away side stars are strong with high pressing from the front three, and Calmer couldn't find more than two passes together. Continuously good work from the Hooten winger saw his cross find Freightman in the box, but was denied by a wonderful save by Josh McGrath. The deadlock, deadlock was broken by, by the away side. He played a short corner and was rifled in from the outside of the area. Take it to the top of his Danny Cross. Yeah. Right on our time, Kelman's persistence for an equaliser paid off. Andy Noonan flicks on the ball into the path of a Ben Kierman to score his second goal in consecutive games. An end to end second half with neither team budging, but with the last kick of the game, Andy Noonan's low cross was flicked to the back post from Danny Jones which found the feet of Andy Simpson to tap the ball home. The celebrations at the end show how much it meant up to the lads but credit where it's due, Hooten were very unlucky today and we're unlucky not to take away with a point. Our most significant win of the season but the players, the, the character of the players was sensational in the big game next week against Blaken. Puts them top don't it? Gone top. They've gone top. Fairy port as well. Yeah, good, yeah. Black Horse move up to 6 the 6 2 winner up in JFC Youth after they were reduced to 10 men for a deliberate handball 5 minutes into the second half. Matt Holt led the scoring for Black Horse with a hat trick, Matty Holt. Matty Holt, yeah. With singles from Chris Davis, Callum Jones, and Adam Walker. Hallam, centre, Liam Gibson were the Upton scorers. Steve Large, Tom Taff, and Andy Phillips and Eddie Jeb all netted for Shaftesbury Youth in their 4 2 winner with Chester Nomad's third, who had J- Jordan Lee to thank for their goals. Harry Waring scored a double for Helsby in their 2 1 winner over Hill Rangers, Callum Jones, a Hill marksman. The game between Wagon and Blakem was postponed due to Covid. That would have been a derby, mm, that's well. Derby, yeah. Leaders Groves beat Shaftesbury Youth 3 1 with goals from Daniel Page, Wade Pogue. Powell and Callum Clark. Tom Ryan hit the shaft reply. That's our kids first. The feet. Top of the league, run away with Groves. Yeah, as assistant manager. Port Sunlight Nomads stayed second after a tough 3 2 win of Orange Athletic. Mark Rand, Lewis Griffin, and Har- Harley Price with the Port Sunlight scores. Andy Perry netting a breach for Orange. Say this right. Zach Cavanagh, Matt Harlan Jones, Mike Murray, Matt Sherrock. We're all on the scores here because it's in a four-one win over Hull Rovers. No scores reported by Hull. Rob Lee two, Zach Finnegan, with the scores for Winsford Saxons in their final win over Chester Nomads fours. The Vets, Division Three, Ellesmere Port Town Vets made it eight wins from eight with a five-four-nil win over Plucky Crossway Vets. Ben, Milling- ben Billington, Matty Crank, Joe Crane, and Rob Blackwell with when the town we, scores. When we promised the well, yeah. They gave it to me a bit in, and, and then got the same, me the day after. And then didn't 
Then uh, doesn't come up with the report. I probably, I, you know what? I won't even see them this week. We're not saying this. We're going to game Wednesday, but I'll see them. Now on to the Queens. Got the report. Massive win. Queens Park Vets four. Great Sutton Vets one. A few injuries meant the smallest squad of the season for the Queens. With only sixteen to choose from for Speedy, with all sixteen starting eleven players. After the dressing room speech before the game. The last message was to start the game as we had been finishing games and the lads took that on board with an amazing first half hour, some great football played. A great goal early on from Paul Dunleavy was followed by two goals by Andy Owens and Kev Bibson that saw us free up at half time. Four half time subs of Robbie Granville, Tony Lucas, Mike New and Nick Scholes never settled straight away so great Sutton pulled one back to make it 3-1. An injury to Trevor in goal early in the second half forced the last change with Speedy donning the gloves again which seemed to settle Queens down and they got back to playing good footy again. A solitary new goal in the second half gave us a 4-1 victory with the bonus of Ryan Morgan giving Speedy the last 15 minutes to play out and he went in to keep a clean sheet. <laughs> Only three games to go in the league so we're hoping for a Vets Cup and a good run in it. Good win. In goal, seems to be going in goal every week, Speedy. No, no scorer for some. Been playing. Let's be Vets beat Vauxhall, beat FC Vaults, Vets 3 2 with goals from Neil Ackerson 2 and Paul Rollins. They must have a decent side then. Yeah, sounds like. If, if uh, 10 lads are playing. Vets Division 4, Rake and Pickle, no scores named, beat Chester Nomads 3 1. Phil Hamilton was the nomad scorer. Sam Horner, Colin Dowling both scored for Eastern Vets in a 2 1 win over Parkfield. No scorer. And that's us for Chester. So we go to West Cheshire. Yeah, we'll start it. We're starting in Division 2 today. Then we go off what the report gives us. Lennon, we well bag 6. As West Cheshire League Division 2 promotion challenges, leveling Remick and Reserves. Pulled off an 8-2 victory over Cheshire Lions and that kept them in slipstream leaders and 11 points clear of the nearest rivals. A Jamie Elsey double completed the scoring, Mark Barnes and McHenley in reply for the hosts. Unbeaten leaders, Marine recorded their sixth win of the season. Fine then. With a 4-1 win over the Vicks. No report this week. That's not like him? No. Yeah, no, he gets a lot on. He missed one the other week and he, he ran me up. He was very disappointed in himself for missing it. Kyle Campbell 2, Harrison Warden and Liam Patton obliged 4-1. No goal scorer for the Vicks. But Hellsby promotion chances were interrupted after they sh- scored through Sonny Dean but capitulated 2-1 to a smart off and was a hill, Kieran Warden. South Sefton Burrett, a goal from Neil McEnany and Darren Byers avenged a recent defeat by Malaby. Thanks to a 2-1 win. Jordan Martin then for Malaby. Well, a solitary strike from Dom Beasley won the day for Runcorn Sports and their tussle with Rainford. Efforts from Harrison Henley, Sam Haley and Jordan Chihuahua. Got the report. It's a great name, huh? Yeah, West Kirby wears Marshalls. Very popular in brackets, West Cheshire League Division 2. He is quite neat. Yeah. West Kirby were able to control the game in the first half and looked dangerous, creating multiple chances. They took the lead on 15 minutes after James Harris beat two men in the box before squaring the ball to Harrison Hindley, who fired past the goalkeeper. The lead was doubled on 30 minutes. Carl Murphy played the through ball to James Harris on the left-hand side of the box, who crossed accurately to the head of Sam Halley, who glanced the header into the top corner. The Obviously, he hasn't left all his ears like Carl. Oh, everything jazz with that, isn't it? The end of the half, Marshall reserves are deservedly awarded the penalty for a lazy challenge inside the box and converted to make it 2 1. That's a second late challenge that's been called a lazy challenge for a penalty, though. Must be the new word. In the second half, Marshall reserves came into the game more and the game was evenly balanced. Both teams created chances and there were some strong challenges being made all over the park. West Kirby added a third to settle again on the 75th minute. Jordan Chowalko beat the keeper hard and low to his near post with a volley from inside the box. Marshalls pushed hard in the remaining 15 minutes, but unlucky not to pull one back 
Overall, a good contest. A finish three one to West Kirby. Good that they need that. Yeah, we want them, we want them to do well. Yeah, they need to stay. We've both been there. We're both both managed them. Asheville Reserves came up short as South Liverpool Reserves have emerged 3-2 victory from with goals from James Thomas 2 and Rio Merrifield on target. The leadership in Division 1 changed hands again as well as the outfit Asheville went top following 2-0 results over Mosley Hill confirmed by goals from Josh Meldon and Tom Hartley. Still no report from Asheville. No, don't think we'll ever get one. No, we'll never get one. Not while he's in charge. Might, unless he changes the manager. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, he's doing well a lot. Yeah, considering if, if we go back to when you, he, he weren't happy that you said he'd never won a game. Oh, well, you're just being honest, weren't you? Yeah. So, let's uh, not give anyone credit. The lads doing what? Yeah, they are. Asheville doing I've got a question. Are they paying this season? <sighs> I don't know. Are they dreamers? The only time I like going to Asheville now is when Barnsley does a spot the ball because yeah. we just made them. Oh, it's to pay. It's to pay the But he loves it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, good lad. Good, uh, good football man. Yeah, yeah, he's And we are the offline. Next up is Bootle Saint Edmunds. Your report? Yes. Saturday's performance versus Resurgent Rainhill Town was one of concentration, composure, and the odd moment of brilliance. A strong headwind faced the lads in the opening 45 minutes that was handled well defensively and a Stewie Jackson left-footed small finish around the 20 minute mark handed us the lead. He's going goal, Stewie Drummond. Well, maybe he's moved to the Woodies out because we haven't heard his name here for a long while, have we, with Bootle? No. You know he plays and he, he's obviously part of it. what's working. Back on the score sheet for them. Formed some excellent support play and build-up across from the outstanding Dylan Westerside led to a penalty which in all honestly we were surprised to see given. A rare occurrence followed when Mark Madden saw his penalty well saved by the excellent Rainhill goalkeeper. In the second half Maddo was to have his revenge after turn so sharp it was like he had no hips <laughs> before <laughs> expertly dispatching the ball into the far corner. I've never heard that. No. Stop it. But I could well imagine after watching the game. he scores goals. Goalie Cam Hadwin was impressive again throughout and the 2-0 made a save genuinely as good as anything we have ever seen. Absolutely outstanding it was. The Rainhill keeper also showed his quality again to deny Dylan from a corner before an all-action performance from Tom Hewlett was rounded off with an opportune finish after a Maddo header, 3-0. The host scored about 15 to go, potentially setting up a nervy finish but this never materialised showing we are beginning to learn some valuable lessons at this level. Final score, Reynold 1, FC Bootle 3, big 3 points. It is, yeah. Doubles from Zach, no it's not, doubles from Zarek, Uritia and Jack Kelly inspired Vauxhall Motors Reserve to a comfortable 5-0 win at Ainsley Villa. And it was celebration time with Chester Owens, who had Ben Howard Jack Delgado, Jordan Davis and Brandon Dickinson on the mark and sat these 4-0 success at Marshalls. Division 3, Putin Royal. I have the report. Oh, Dave has a bit of a... Uh... Yeah, Groves 1, Putin Royal 0. Disappointing defeat for us in a game we really should have won. We had all the ball but struggled to find the quality to use it effectively against a stubborn and hard-working Groves side. We came close on occasions with Ben Howard seeing his lobbed efforts bounce up onto the bar and over. Then another one saved well by the Groves keeper at point blank range. On the stroke of half time, we thought we had take, taken the lead when Ryan Slater put the ball into an empty net after a Groves defensive mix up. But unbelievably, the ref had blown for half time before the ball rolled in. Oh. He's put in brackets. Search on YouTube, Clive Thomas, Brazil, if you're not old enough to remember it. It really shouldn't have made much difference as we continued to dominate the game but lacked any cutting edge in the final third. You could sense, sense it was going to be one of them games. Our closest second half efforts at goal appeared to be cleared off the line by one of our own players. <laughs> Sounds like a bad day this. Then on the rear, Groves venture forward, a series of mistakes from us gifted the opposition a penalty which was struck and Liam Kelly in the goal could not keep it out despite diving the right way towards it. We had a golden chance to level 
the scores after Alex Lowe cut the ball across the box but a mix up saw both attacking players leave the ball instead of converting a close range tapping which again some things up for us could you ever imagine leaving the ball inside your box for anyone? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Credit to goals who Groves who worked hard for the three points but it definitely felt like three points drop for us we hope to bounce back to winning ways next week and way to earn some Villa reserves Right, okay Mark Goldthorpe made the score sheet for Chester and Hermes reserves, but it was visitors putting Vicks reserves who profited 4 1 courtesy of a buyer from Carl Bennett to Jacob McLaughlin and Liam Wheel. And that's us. So we go into Sunday. Rivica FC made it 3 out of 4 teams for the Hula Hansberg and Sunday League into the Cheshire Cup Sunday. Semi-finals. Yeah, no report. Another very good advert for the Birkenhead Premier in the Cheshire Cup. A game of two halves where we thought we were on top and played some great stuff in the first 45. We could have been out of sight. Rock Ferry fought back just before half-time and into the second half, grabbing the equaliser five minutes before the end of the game. Straight to penalties and we scored all of ours. And one miss from the Rock in sudden death was the end of a great quarter-final. I'd like to thank Rock Ferry for their hospitality back at the derby on Sunday, a very well-run club who have a great amount of respect for looking forward to the semi in March. Well done for going to Derby as well, didn't it? From, from up there, Vauxhalls. Do you know what? It's alright in the Derby as well. I want to give a shout-out to Crossy for stepping well, up. Obviously, you can't go because it'll be out tomorrow. It's out tomorrow, isn't it? The game. Yeah. We obviously get a preview, but yeah, he takes a penalty, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's but, what I'm Listen. Yeah, he's getting hell. Listen as he steps up. Right, I'll continue with it because there's a good report from the league here. I'm guessing, I think Bernie might send them in on the game. River could beat Premier Division rounds, Rock Ferry on penalties. Jay Harvey put River could one nil up. The good way from Mike Berkey, who got past his man to send over a superb cross for Jay to leap high and head firmly into the net. Jay Harvey notched his and River's second from the penalty spot midway through the first half. Johnny Breeze got one back for Rock Ferry Social, also from the penalty spot just before half-time. River could have plenty of chances to put the tie to bed early in the second half, but the Rock Boys scored a dramatic equaliser five minutes before the end. With a free kick that wasn't fully cleared, it was left to Liam Driscoll to get the ball over the line. I got up Sunday. I was out early, it was up at half six. Three hours earlier, Liam Driscoll had changed his profile picture. He's an idiot, that man, you know. You know... Oh, you just make it so easy, don't you? Yeah. Wonder if he started. And if he, he did start? Did he? No. Oh, well, fair play, because he scored them. If you can still do it, scored them equaliser in the last five minutes after it. Very would bought the picture of um, the teams up, Bernie put in the group. Oh, yeah. So he did start, like. Both teams scored the mandatory five penalties each. Rock Ferry missed their six, and then River could convert their penalty to win 6 5. River will now play fellow Premier Division rivals, Doc in one of the semi-finals at Shaft's Memorial Ground. Surely not. Surely not. Obviously, Doc will come out as home team. The second semi-final between Nesta Nomads, who won their tie last week, and AFC Presbury, who knocked out a Valiant, Bromborate 2-1, on a very difficult pitch. Connor Hughes with the Bromborate marksman. I'm not having that. Semi-finals have always been neutral ground. So you can send you can send Neston to Nutsford where they've got the deal and put Doc Rivercar on Foxhall main pitch all lights. Domestic Cup action saw Lewis <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna report. Wait there, wait there. I'm reading this out, right? And if you want to see this report, if you don't get emailed it, you can see it on Facebook on the Bacon and News site and all that, right? Domestic cup action saw Lewis Wellingham hit a last minute winner. Oh, stop it. I've got the uh, Willies. Let's report. Yeah, the Willies travel to league rivals JPL Jets in the Tony Hulham Oil with, with a quarter final place up for grabs. The pitch and conditions were not the best, which suited JPL more than the Willie. First half, neither team troubled opposition keeper as win made for the football difficult. Some strong feasty challenges for both teams did however warn the people watching. Second half and the Willie finally woke up 
and dominated possession after getting to grips with conditions, played some good stuff and had Jets camped in their own half. Jets defended brilliantly on three bodies and everywhere. The Willie scored 10 minutes to go, but somehow Goldis lathered offside. The clock reached 90 minutes and looked destined for Penos, but the Willie awarded a free kick on the halfway line. Little Phil Hunt Humphreys drilled the ball into the box and in capital letters, that man Willow. That the whole thing, that man Willow in capitals. So that, uh, if anyone wants to see it, I can send it to it. Rose Hires to bullet a header into the top corner. Not many better feelings than a 90 minute winner, with minute winner against a rival at the end of a full blooded cup tie. Mr. David Pugh ref the game brilliantly apart from a disallowed goal. <laughs> Gave a few deserved bookings to both teams but kept the lid on the game. He turned up at 10 and was warming up. A lot younger refs could learn a lot from him. Superb. We now face a daunting quarter final against Premier, Premier Division Corsair. But, but lads looking forward to the challenge. Good luck to the Jets. See them soon in the league in which we'll still definitely have a chance of winning. MOM, in capital letters, my son Liam. My son Liam? Yeah, all, all of them. All capitals, my son Liam. Right, by the way, if anyone ever wants a question, I have kept every single report off that man. Yeah. Got them all to show, but fair play, that's quarter finals this week. Is it? Yeah. It's a quarter. St Mary's. Change it. At the fourth attempt, North Widdle Saints and Glenhaven were able to compete their David Tracy Memorial Cup second round. Got the report. A hard fought but well deserved victory in the, the cup today as North Widdle Saints won 3 0 and had other chances to make it more convincing. Two proper Al men at the back in Matty Edwards and Adam Bassett making the difference. North Widdle Saints battled hard with 10 men. Good, good, good luck for the rest of the season, lads. Mike Roberts. Two Dave Roberts with a goal and man of the match with Mike Roberts. Yeah, that even won three nil, didn't he? It was a similar story for Sawgold and Oval with the fourth attempt. Got a report for this as well. Yeah. Well, well done from Frowney's reports and all these. Match report from Sawgold v Oval in the David Tracy Cup second round. After the fourth attempt of playing in the fixture, we finally we finally got it played on a heavy, boggy leavers pitch. It was an entertaining cup time with both teams starting well, making chances, and it was the Oval who took the lead when the Oval forward beat the offside trap and squared the ball to his strike partner to make it 1-0. The goal woke us and we started to get hold of the ball and sing some passes together and got our wingers on the ball with nice play down the left from Dave Allahead and then the Noonan linking up well who put the ball into the box and fell nicely to Owen Wharton to make it 1-0. Two minutes later, right on our time, we took the lead when Scott Nixon made it 2-1 with a well-taken 30-yard volley. When the Oval goalkeeper was standing in no man's land, half time 2 1. We came out, second half, the better team and controlled the game, keeping hold of the ball but not taking, taking our chances in front of goal. Credit to the Oval who dug deep and got the well deserved equaliser when the centre half for Sorgo misread a cross and the ball fell nicely for the Oval to make it 2 2 with 18 minutes to play. With penalties looming with 3 minutes left on the clock, Tom Ashcroft got onto the through ball. After missing a handful of chances in the game, he hit the net with the most important one and grabbing the winner with a well-taken volley to send Sorgal into round three. And we'll meet Bark and Armchair in what will be another battle against a Division 3 team. Well done to the Oval. Played a great cut tie on a heavy boggy pitch. Fair play. And the match was Scott Nixon solid in the middle. Oval scorers were Paddy Bell, one and Kay Wilson. See the cups are great, aren't they? So it keeps your season going when you when you're not doing great in the league. Third round action saw a Ben Glover effort for Bushels Grey and Athletic put them in the half of the quarterfinals with a one 0 win over New Ferry Rangers. No report this week from New Ferry. MSC Eastham, who had Jack Woods on the score sheet, also progressed to the last eight after winning their tie on penalties three one against Victoria Colts. The score was level at one all at 90 minutes of regulatory time. By the way, Bernie put a photo up on Facebook. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Totally agree. It should be extra time before penalties. It is because you're just given. You're making a game baller. Yeah. Defend, defend, defend. You know I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. And also, you're, given, you're just giving a team a chance, an extra chance, aren't you? Yeah. Because if you can hold on for that, you know, whatever it is, and 
the underdog's against the thing, it does suit the underdog. Yeah, it does. But that's the whole point of extra time. The underdog held on, held on. You give them extra time your chance to go and get a goal. Can go either way, by the way. The break's on. I just just don't understand why things change. Covid changed everything, pal. That's what it is. The Luke's called the tune <laughs> with a four-two success over Wirral Radio. Dylan Thomas and Connor Egan scoring for Wirral Radio and claimed a spot in the draw. Will Bulpen with a double and singles from Ben Kearney and Elias Jones doing the damage. Ellis. Ellis, two L's. Ellis Jones. Yeah, it's no way. It's A and Elias, isn't it? Queen's Park, who've lifted the beautiful Veronica Conway Premier Cup on 12 occasions. what the fuck? What? Why? I'm reading out what it says. No, but why? Who's who's writing that? I want to ring him to that this week. So every time the Queen's play, you've got to mention how many cups they've won. It's a foul. He does do it every time. He does do it every time. He does it about other people as well. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He mentioned last week there was a complaint because he mentioned the Docker in all five competitions and didn't no, that didn't say about the Woody. That okay for the Dock, is it? Are the Woody in all five? Not now, they're no, not. No, Woody. No, no, Woody no, no, at the time. I'm saying to you is, every time the Queens are mentioned in anything, oh, they've won a tournament. No one's asked. They all asked, though. No, I'm not asked. When, when you hold records, people like to read records out about the record holders. John's getting rang up this week. I'll be honest, I'll be very disappointed if next time. Something like that isn't on, and you get your own way. So, yeah, when, when the um, when the Docker played and got beat the weekend, whatever, why hasn't he mentioned that they've won the league so many times or whatever? Why not? He might have, we haven't got down to right. it yet. Well, do you know what? I bet he hasn't. And I haven't even read it. <laughs> Four. <laughs> right, I'll start again. Queen's Park, who've lifted the beautiful Veronica Conway Premier Cup on 12 occasions. <laughs> In the place in the semi-finals of the competition, I can't believe you. After inflicting a 5-3 defeat on Corsair, James Bailey and Lewis Clark of two for Corsair, finding the net for Queen's Park were Harvey Sample with a hat-trick, supported by further efforts from Liam Owen and Max Herbert. <laughs> oh, I watched the first half, right? The Mad the Queens. Because week before, we were dreadful. And just seems that they can pull performances out of the when they want to. And I know, sure, it, though, I know it says 5 3, they went 4 4 1 up against 10 men, give two back ones away, then went and got another when needed. Dreadful pitch, big performances, good to see RB on the score sheet. But not only that, first half where I watched, he played really well and all. He wants to score for me. Well, he might do, might he? Win a, win a Wednesday night for him. Hopefully. Neston United had a comfortable 4-0 win at Lions in the President's Cup. Quarter-finals with singles from Liam Peacock, Joel Ward, Josh Davison and a Chris Bushell. A Ben Kerman treble and a Matthew Langford strike for Old Parks produced a slightly surprising result in the Jimmy Core Cup, defeating Harley Fancy, Whitby Rangers 4-2. Tom Ruffer and Rowan Whelan for Whitby. Confirming a place in the semi-final. Also through to the semi-finals were Barker's armchair, who eased through to the quarter-final time for six and results over AFC Rayburn. Thanks to a Lee Doyle with two, Jack Cattle, Mike Searson, Chris Sutcliffe and Lewis Brown. There could be a new name on the Ryan Giggsy Aberton Premier Division trophy this season. After a solitary goal from Tommy Harris, for Great Float Sports and Social, who are yet to win the Premier Division title. That doesn't say that. <laughs> doesn't say that. <laughs> Sinking early season leaders, Doc, 1-0. And there's a second. Oh! Get it! Get it! <laughs> Doc, who are the current holders and have 10 titles to date, will not give up their crown so easily in the coming weeks. Hey! What have you got to say about that to John? Well, she's still getting a phone call. Why? Because he mentioned you every... He's mentioned you've got 10 title back. You've just been beat. 1-0. What? 
into the far top corner, leaving the keeper with no chance. Three wins on the bounce as we move up to third. Great, great report. Can you put like full names? <laughs> I don't mind Patch. I'm not bothered with that. Patch's a nickname, but you want to need to say name. But yeah, well, like Mike, he's, he, he's scored a 25 yarder. And it's just Mike. It's just Mike. Who's Mike? Do you know what I mean? Could be me. Could, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But Mike McGarr. Yeah, I've done that, like. <laughs> In a mid table class, there were more goals with West Kirby United, who had Ben Austin, Harvey Dean, and Ethan Cartwright with two taking the honours in a seven goal thriller. 4-3 over Parkgate Sands, your man. I love it, don't Sean Lund, Lund with two and Luke Hall for Parkgate. If you go on the Willow Globe site where the report is, it's actually got the pictures from, some pictures from uh, Toff Burney, credit the old and the new, of the Rock Ferry Rivica game. Good. Well, that's us. Another show. Done. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Just a little shout. Queens are playing Bushels in the Memorial Cup this week, so should they be able to get a win? Wouldn't, wouldn't mind John telling us how many times well, he'll we'll, we'll have to say that, he'll tell you anyway. He'll tell you anyway. That's what someone will do. Yeah. That's all he ever does. Got no rumours this week. No. Oh, sorry, I have. Tell a lie, I have. It's rumours of a couple of bits and lads transferring to KRCTFC. <laughs> FC have um, all day splashing the cash splashing the cash in the transfer market going in on a biddy tell you what go and watch Unitor see who's got new boots on that's who that's who will be about won't it see who's running around in £240 boots well as I said I'm, uh, I've got a stay neutral stay neutral yeah I've got to stay neutral Top goal scorers list are out there, we'll go in more next on them next week because it's been been a long one this I think with the reports. Yeah. Thanks for all your reports, been brilliant. And we'll try our best to keep to Mondays now, won't we? Yeah, it is hard like. Just getting finished early, innit? Yeah, both work. To get it done. We'll keep trying, thank you.